0: ECDC On Air,
1: the podcast of the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control.
0: Keeping up to date with European epidemiology.
1: Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is Catherine and today I am your host for this new episode of ECDC On Air, the podcast of the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control, which is recorded from our headquarters in Stockholm, Sweden. In this episode, we are going to talk about one of eCDC's areas of work, microbiology and molecular surveillance, and more specifically, on genomic epidemiology. What is eCDC doing in this area and why is this activity crucial to the prevention of epidemics? With us today, we have Teresa Enkirsch, who works at ECDC as microbiology expert. Good morning, Teresa.
0: Good morning. Nice to have you here. Can you tell us more about yourself? What is your background? Yeah, so I'm um, a virologist and epidemiologist by training, and I was born in Germany, where I also grew up. Then I worked in research on respiratory viruses in Germany and Singapore for five years, and then moved to Sweden for the UFM fellowship program. Then after finishing the UFM program, I continued to work at the Swedish Public Health Agency for three more years, where I was responsible for the molecular surveillance of respiratory viruses and also hepatitis A virus. And then two and a half years ago, I joined ECDC.
1: Okay, and then what brought you to work in this field? Because you seem to have a, a lot of experience. Yeah, so
0: I was always fascinated by viruses and how such tiny things can actually cause such a devastation. They are super clever. They are genetically very simple organisms, but they can pack a lot of information into a tiny genome and uh, which then allows them to effectively spread within the host cells and also to transmit to other organisms. And then in 2015, I actually worked for several weeks in a mobile laboratory in Guinea in West Africa. Um, to support the diagnostics for the ongoing Ebola outbreak at that time. And this was the point where I decided to leave research and that I would like to use my virology knowledge more for the purpose of public health. Because I think it's just more applied than research and um, yeah, so I wanted to change. I applied for the UFM program and I did a master in epidemiology and here I am now.
1: How interesting, and it's true, viruses are tiny organisms
0: that can cause devastating diseases. Exactly, yeah.
1: Can you tell us what is molecular surveillance?
0: Molecular surveillance is the systematic monitoring and analysis of genetic or molecular composition from pathogens. For example, viruses, bacteria, parasites, and it basically aims to understand the genetic characteristics and the changes of these pathogens over time. So, you can use it to identify variants, for example, Um, you can use it to understand the genetic diversity within a population, and it also provides important data for tracking the evolution of pathogens.
1: Okay, and what are ECDC
0: projects in this area? So, the microbiology team here at ECDC is involved in several projects related to molecular surveillance. So one of them is the EU-EA Laboratory Capacity Surveys. Those are also called EU LabCAP Survey. They assess on a biannual basis the key public health microbiology capabilities and capacities for EU surveillance, including the molecular surveillance, and also for epidemic preparedness. That actually helps then the policymakers to identify possible areas for action, so uh, identify gaps where there is need to improve, and also it helps to evaluate the impact of Capacity strengthening activities. Can
1: you give us an example?
0: So, there are several projects um, where the ECDC microbiology team is working on. And uh, especially the pandemic a few years ago triggered a lot of EU investments for strengthening rapid detection and monitoring of the SARS CoV 2 variants. So, for example, we have at ECDC a sequencing service um, for countries to support outbreak investigations. Countries can basically send samples to a contractor, and then they get the sequence of these organisms. And that helps then the countries to monitor the variants in their country and to support outbreak investigations. But of course, the sequencing contract is not a long-term solution. It was just a short-term solution at that time. So there are also long-term solution projects. And one of the big projects was the whole genome sequencing infrastructure support under the HERA incubator and the eu for health initiative.
1: You are saying that there is a big project that will allow member states to have the capacities in their countries to do genome sequencing.
0: So countries received money in the form of grants to set up their laboratories and to enhance their infrastructure for whole genome sequencing. For example, the countries could buy high-throughput equipment for diagnostics or enhance and buy new sequencing platforms and so on. However, um, a critical bottleneck here to perform molecular surveillance and to use all these highly developed techniques was actually the lack of trained staff. So we received feedback from several countries that they have all the shiny equipment now, but they don't have enough staff to use the shiny equipment. Because of this, we actually initiated a training program in genomic epidemiology and public health bioinformatics. May I ask you to
1: tell us what is genomic epidemiology?
0: So genomic epidemiology is basically a subset of molecular surveillance with a specific emphasis on the epidemiological context and its applications in disease control and prevention. So it's a very interdisciplinary field, um, so it combines not only epidemiology, the study of how diseases spread and uh, impact populations, But also um, it combines it with genomics, which then involves the analysis of an organism's genetic material, such as DNA or RNA, through sequencing.
1: What is the use of genomic epidemiology?
0: It has a whole range of applications. For example, it can be used to identify virulence markers of pathogens or other mutations in the genome, um, such as vaccine escape mutations. It can also be used to track transmission patterns of pathogens. Um, to identify the source of an outbreak, to track new variants, and also including those with potential implications for transmission or severity, or it can also help identify vaccine-resistance mutations.
1: Can you give us an example where we used genomic epidemiology recently?
0: Yes, I think a good example also um, gave us the pandemic and the monitoring of the SARS-CoV-2 variants during the pandemic So to know which variants actually develop and how they spread in a population, genomic epidemiology is very crucial. So for example, if a country detects a new variant by sequencing from a patient sample, then the countries can report that variant and its sequence. And then here at ECDC, we look at the spread of that variant um, within Europe. So we check who else reported the sequence. And then we also check certain mutations that might increase the severity or increase the transmission. What is the goal of this training? So the goal of this training um, was to support the countries in building up their capacity in genomic epidemiology and also bioinformatics for public health. Countries should increase their capacity to respond to the COVID-19 pandemic, but also to increase the capacity for the genomic epidemiology of other diseases. Then another goal was also to increase the interdisciplinary collaboration between the bioinformaticians, the epidemiologists and the microbiologists within a country. Let
1: me stop you there. Could you explain what bioinformatics
0: is? Yes, so bioinformatics is an interdisciplinary field that combines not only biology, but um, also computer sciences and information technologies, in all in order to manage and analyze and interpret biological data, in especially the sequencing data. And um, sequencing, and here whole genome sequencing in particular, creates a huge amount of data which can't be handled manually anymore, so um, it requires specific skills um, to manage all these data, high technologies and automatization processes. And this is something bioinformatics deals with. This is based on algorithm, I guess. Exactly, on algorithms, statistical methods and huge databases to process and analyze all these large amounts of biological data. So who is this training for? This training is for professionals working in the public health institutions who already have a background in computational biology or in bioinformatics and who would like to learn more, but also for professionals working in the public health institutions who do not have a specific background in bioinformatics. So, for example, microbiologists, epidemiologists or other professions and um, for those people who would like to learn more. What kind of background is needed to attend the training? So it really depends on the course and the activity of um, the GNAP Bio Biotrain in which you would like to attend. So if you already have a background in bioinformatics and then you can attend a more advanced course. But if you don't know anything about bioinformatics and you want to become a bioinformatician, then we have also beginner courses.
1: At the end of the course, will they get a certificate in bioinformatics?
0: Well, no, <laughs> the training is not that long. We have several activities, but um, all these activities are not enough to make a full by but it provides you with very good basics and um, then you can build up on that. The whole training program is for four years, but the different training activities are of course shorter. So we have um, one day courses, um, but we also have three day courses or two week courses. So the most intensive course is actually the beginner's course where you have a two-week course plus an exchange visit to another public health institute plus a three-day face-to-face course. As I mentioned before, two weeks are not enough to make a bioinformatician, so several activities are necessary um, which actually build on each other to get a good training. So why does the CDC do molecular surveillance? This field has become increasingly important. Um, I think the pandemic showed that. Molecular surveillance is super important to understand infectious disease outbreaks, to track transmission patterns, and also to inform public health interventions. Sequencing played an important role to track the variants during the pandemic and to keep an eye on their spread, and also to identify the new acquired mutations of the viruses and the different variants, which might lead to increased severity or transmission. You mean that before the pandemic,
1: there was no genomic surveillance? It was, (laughs) but I think it became
0: more weight during the pandemic. Okay. Does it take time and how long? Yes, indeed. So it takes some time. Imagine you have to first identify the case, then you take a sample from that case, then you send that sample to the laboratory, um, which is then performing the respective diagnostics, which also can take some time. Then before you sequence the sample and depending on the pathogen, you might need to cultivate or culture um, the pathogen, which also takes some time because you need enough material basically for sequencing. So this is why you need to grow some of the pathogens. And then the sequencing process itself takes some time and then the data of course need to be analyzed and interpreted and um, also to be reported. So not long ago, Go. This process actually took several weeks, but nowadays, due to the new developments in technologies, which were maybe also like a little bit enhanced during the pandemic, um, the turnaround time for these processes in some laboratories decreased a lot and is, can be within five days, which is really impressive.
1: Yes, it is impressive. How do member states use molecular surveillance, including genomic
0: epidemiology? Does it have an impact on decision-making at the national level? Yes. So the member states, they use molecular surveillance, including genomic epidemiology, for example, to track the SARS-CoV-2 variants, as I mentioned before, but also to track the circulating influenza viruses and other pathogens, and especially regarding SARS-CoV-2 and influenza virus. So it's very important to know what is circulating because this information is needed then to decide, for example, about the composition of the new vaccines for the next seasons and which are then adapted accordingly to what is circulating. Molecular surveillance on the national or international level can also support finding sources of outbreaks which might then lead to the decision to remove the suspected food item, for example, from the market, which could have caused the outbreak. But it can also be used to identify certain virulence markers in circulating pathogens, which then might lead to enhanced public health measures, for example, mask wearings. And here ECDC's role is to coordinate this data collection on genomic surveillance in the countries. So each member state is basically doing their own surveillance, but then ECDC combines the data and um, combines this information. And this information is then used to make the respective public health decisions.
1: I see. As a European citizen, does this
0: have an impact on my daily life? Yes. So this whole genomic surveillance actually ensures that we have an adapted influenza vaccine for every influenza season which then at least partially protects against the flu and it also supports outbreak investigations. It can speed up an outbreak investigation um, to detect the source of the outbreak and then if you know the source, you might be able to remove it. It can also help to identify if there are more than one food item responsible for an outbreak. For example, you have a number of cases and then you see that half of the number of cases has a different sequence than the other half. Then This gives you a hint that there are actually two sources of the outbreak.
1: What is ECDC
0: added value in doing genomic epidemiology? As I mentioned, genomic epidemiology is important to support outbreak investigations, but also to track transmission of pathogens. And here ECDC is collecting the data and communicating with all the member states. So in case there is an outbreak in a country and the sequence information of the pathogen is available and it shows, for example, that it's the same strain causing an outbreak in another country. Then ECDC can quickly link those two outbreaks and initiate cross country outbreak investigations. And also by offering the training in genomic epidemiology, ECDC supports the lab and the whole genome sequencing capacity building activities, which might actually be particularly important for the smaller countries who do not necessarily have the resources or the sufficiently trained staff.
1: Thank you, Teresa, for this interesting conversation on this very complex topic. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast on molecular surveillance and genomic epidemiology. If you would like to register for the course, please visit EVA, the ECDC training platform, or follow us for the latest news on social media.